Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome into the Tighten Up podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry. Next to my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are your hosts of the Tighten Up Podcast. You can find the podcast on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Tighten Up Pod. And as always, we are under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go, go give those guys a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, you name it. They got it. Um, a to Z Sports is your guys. Yeah, make sure yeah, make sure you uh, follow us on on Twitter, especially if you're a Titans fan because the content we put out is great. It's not just all podcast related. It's just it's all Titans related. So if you're a fan, you will love it. If if you hate this podcast but you're still a Titans fan, still follow it because it's well worth the follow. I I assure you that. We have a fun show today. It's just going to be Jack and I just kicking it old school, but we've got so much to get into. The Titans announced today that no fans will be in the stands for at least one game this season. Who knows how long that will last, or maybe it'll just be the one game. Got good news, kind of, maybe? I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. If you're an optimist or pessimist, on the backup quarterback front. I'll take kind of good news at this point in the offseason. You know, there's been so much bad news. Give me some kind of good news. We'll take we will take any kind of kind of good news you've got for us. Uh, also on kind of good news front, Corey Davis is back off the pup list, and is he set for his best year as a Titan? We'll get into that, and we will end with uh, remember the Titan. Plus, we've got a bunch of other stuff, just a bunch of other random stuff thrown in, including a clowny watch, which I'm sure we'll start with because that's the most important news of the week every week. But with that said, let's talk Titan. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today is August 19th, 2020, and training camp is here. So beat writers, get your camera phones. People with Titans logos as your Twitter profile pictures, get out your hot takes. Undrafted rookie free agents, get your playbooks, because uh, Coach wants to see you. <laughs> uh, Titans, uh, social media. Get out your slow motion videos to get ready to post online. Training camp is here. Jack, can you feel it in your bones? I can. Oh my God. So it's really exciting. You know, we've, we've been wondering all this time if we're going to have an NFL season, will there be fans? We're going to get to that in a little bit, but I'm just glad that, you know, on Monday of this week, padded practice, finally, the boys are hitting each other. The pads are popping. Um, it's an exciting time if you're if you're an NFL fan, and if you're a Titans fan, this this has to be the the most highly anticipated season that you know we've had in quite some time. Yeah, and it's it's funny because this August has felt anything but in August. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed the Stanley Cup playoffs are going on, 
uh, without the Preds. Ugh, rest in peace. Uh, the the NBA playoffs are going on. Major League Baseball is kind of going on. It's this is the weirdest August of all time. We're drinking from a fire hose when it comes to sports content. But the one the one piece that is like starting to feel like normal is training camp starting up. Hard knocks is on our TV. You know, guys are guys are hitting each other and getting cut from teams for weird reasons, uh, like trying to sneak girls into their hotels. It, it is, it, it's just it's just feeling good. August is feeling good, and I'm I'm glad that training camp is here. Bring me all the normalcy in the world. You know, in years past, it would have been boring just to have another normal August. No, give it to me. Give me everything you got. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the Seahawks kid, the I think he was a defensive back, got, got cut for sneaking a, a girl into his hotel room. Um, the timing is interesting. It really makes you wonder what Pete Carroll's policy on WAP is up in Seattle. <laughs> yes, on WAP. Or uh, if he has the same philosophy on uh, uh, HAP. Yeah. Hard, hard ass. Uh, Playbook. Penis. Playbook. Yeah, right. Yeah. So the Seahawks dude was cut. I actually, and this is Titans related because I got to give props to Mike Vrabel for having one of the best takes on that whole story. Um, he was asked about it, of course, as I'm sure every head coach was. And unlike the Bill Belichick's of the world, he actually entertained the question. Uh, and he had, he had one thing to say. He goes, my first thought is I hope she's not the actual size of an NFL player. <laughs> which is to me is just phenomenal take on his part. Because if you don't know the, the Seahawks player brought a woman reportedly wearing Seahawks gear in an effort to make her look like a player who had access to the hotel into the team hotel, which is like, you know, obviously quarantined. It's, it's the NFL's version of their bubble for each team's training camp. And he tried to sneak a girl in. <laughs> that's there's, there's the suitcase method that's been followed. It's a timeless tradition. You know, you, you that would that would have to take place with a female who obviously could fit in a suitcase just for right. Yeah, like it, yeah. Day, you know? If the girl is like a member of Cirque du Soleil, she could probably squeeze herself into a suitcase, yeah, and that'd exactly. be very easy that way. Yeah, but but yeah, definitely. You you're hoping uh, in with every bone in your body that 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 girl was not the size of an NFL player. The actual size of an NFL right. player could have a uh, a Lizzo situation on our hands in Seattle, which is <laughs> right, even yeah. worse than a WAP situation up there for Pete Carroll. Yeah, you don't you don't want that girl being the size of the uh, the prostitute from Deuce Bigelow, you know? Did somebody <laughs> say steak? Um, so anyway, all right. Look, we've gone too far into this podcast without giving you the most important feature of every said podcast that we give you, and that is Clowny Watch Update. So I'm going to send it down to my aforementioned colleague, Jack Gentry, for the latest and greatest on the subject so, uh, Jack, what do you got for us? There's no real news with the clowny update this week. I'm sure you're We're, used to hearing that. But, but it, it actually kind of feels good to be back to not having any new news because yeah. I feel like the last few weeks we've actually had updates in the clowny watch update. This kind of feels like normal again. I'm not being teased. Again, more week. normalcy. More normal return to normalcy with clowny watch. No, so I, there's no real tease that I'm feeling this week. The only real uh updates we have is that clowny's price tag still sits somewhere around 17 million dollars 
But as we know, and as it, that is very evident across the league, I don't know that the Titans or anyone else is willing to pay that number. And what, while it looked like JoJo, Josina Anderson, tweeted that the leverage may be ticking towards Clowney's favor, I, I don't think that's the case because we're, we're now seeing camp injuries and, and guys that go down early. And, I mean, even Vic Beasley, who hasn't even showed up, still, he showed up, he just hadn't passed physical yet. Um, and that really hasn't seemed to urge any team, you know, any closer to Clowney than they already were. I guess it's just the, the, the number. His price tag is a little too high. Yeah, and you saw Gerald McCoy go down for the Cowboys the other day. Um, he's out for the year, but the Cowboys are one of those teams that we, we it's funny. I, I feel like we've talked about all 32 teams in the Clowney watch over, you know, the entire off season, but the clown, the Cowboys were a team that we did bring up at one point, but they, they just don't have the cap room. They just don't have it available to sign Clowney, but that would be a team in the sense that where they now need to fill a, a hole on their defensive line, um, with McCoy being down. So, I don't, yeah, I don't, that, that would be the worry is if a team with cap space loses someone on their defensive line to injury, and then all of a sudden they become a major player in this whole thing. But I, with the Cowboys, they, they did sign Everson Griffin Griffin from the Vikings who was was with the Vikings and Don Terry Poe, defensive tackle formerly in Kansas city. So they have addressed their needs on the defensive line, not in the way most teams would probably prefer to do it. Whereas, you know, you would, you would want some younger legs in the mix rather than some, some you know, guys on maybe the back nine of their career. But that's how Jerry Jones wants to fill his team. Who am I to judge? Um, it, it's worked in the 90s. It hasn't worked this century. But, you know, who knows? It, it, that's, that's Jerry Jones' problem, which thankfully is not ours. Right. Yes. Yes. We, although we Titans fans are familiar with having an older owner who had probably a little bit too much control, uh, with the team, uh, oh, at, at some point. Yeah. Yeah. We're Titans fans are very, very familiar on that front. But, uh, so last week we, we said that Clowney was going to be signed this week, or at least, you know, we thought, and so that way we could be ahead of the story. And if, if it did actually go down, you could, credit this podcast as uh, for breaking that news. Um, obviously it didn't happen. Our sources were just maybe just a little bit ahead of themselves, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Clowney's if Clowney signs this week, you heard it here first. It Clowney's going to sign with the Tennessee Titans this week. And we are breaking that news here on the Titan up we podcast. Have, our sources going to be stronger. Please credit us if this news comes out, but you heard it here first. Jadavian Clowney is signing with the Tennessee Titans this week. I'm willing to put my non-existent reputation on the line for this. I, it's the same here. I, my, my reputation is probably even more non-existent than yours. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm putting that on the line. So, uh, yeah. So, so if, if it does go down, just make sure you, you credit at tighten up pod on Twitter uh, at tighten up podcast on Instagram, just make sure you tag. If you see any false reports floating around out there, make sure you, you, you say, Hey, tighten up pod had that first. Those guys are on it. They've been on it from the start, which we have. And (laughs) without without you guys need to do it, do it, do us a solid and help us get that out. So the Titans came out today, actually uh, on the day we recorded this and said that, uh, Oh, hey, about uh, to all you Tennessee Titans fans who are planning to coming to um, to week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 
or the the home opener, I guess I should say, against the Jacksonville Jaguars to all uh, <laughs> fifteen thousand of you <laughs> that were looking to fill out the seventy thousand seat stadium. That unfortunately is a no go. The Titans announced today they're going without fans for the home opener for Jacksonville. And that's kind of incongruent with um, what the city of Nashville has kind of mandated a little bit. And so they're just adhering to the orders of the city of Nashville. Obviously Nashville had to, was at what phase three at one point, they had to go back down to phase two in the reopening plan. And um, I haven't seen any numbers lately, so I don't know where it, I don't know where the COVID numbers and, and, stand right now, but I will say that the Titans, at least first game of the season, home, first home game of the season, is going to have the feeling of a Washington football team home game. Yeah, it's going to be pretty bare in there. It's going to be a lot of empty seats. Well, every seat's going to be empty. Um, <laughs> so, while that does, does, does T-Rex still go through all the wardrobe changes? Oh, I think T-Rex getting just as drunk as he normally would, if not drunker, <laughs> now that there's no one there to hold him really accountable. Um no, but but so where I stand on this is that there will I'm sure that the NFL I'm sure that the Titans will have fans at some point this season. It's just not going to be Week Two against the Jags, a game in which many got many of of the Titans fans would probably have elected to stay home for anyways. Um, another point is I think that this whole no fans idea, if the whole NFL were to go with, go through with it for the first few weeks. I don't see how it doesn't benefit the Titans just as much as anyone else in the NFL because the Titans home field. Look, I I love the Titans fans. I I say this, I say this all the time, but their home field advantage is one of the worst in the NFL. It really is. You know, they, they still can't sell at the stadium no matter what they announce. Um, Whereas, you know, some of the teams they are competing with, you look in Baltimore, you look in Kansas city, you look in, you look in Foxborough and new England, um, Pittsburgh, even new Orleans, all of these teams, have awesome home field advantages and they're losing more with this mandate than the Titans are. Um, now the Jags may be looking at this and say, what are you talking about? We have seven fans and this, this is just like a normal yeah. home game for us. Well, and so, all of them are in that swimming pool on the top deck. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so, I mean, the Titans, while this rule does suck, it, it's, and it's definitely going to change, you know, the way football is played for the beginning part of the season. I don't think that this necessarily hurts the Titans as bad as it does the other teams that they're going to be fighting for or fighting with. Yeah, no. And, and I think that's a, that's actually a great take. Um, I think the, and, and this is kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier in the off season of why it's so important for Titans fans to play off of this momentum that they had last year by going to the AFC championship right now, the stock couldn't be higher on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I mean, it could be if they won a Super Bowl, but from where they were, it, this is the highest that it's been in years. So you need to take that momentum and you need to use it to recruit other Titans fans. This is the off season for us to do our job to make the Titans fan base bigger and stronger. And you're right. Nashville has become a transient city. And on top of that, it's became a, it's become a vacation destination. I feel like Southwest uh, has flights to every hub city in America directly into Nashville. People come to Nashville for the games. That's why you see endless amounts of terrible towels and and Ravens fans and Saints fans whenever they Chiefs come to town. Because last year it was half full of Chief fans, if not more than that. Right. 
everyone wants to come to Nashville. And you can't say that about every other destination city in, 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 in football. All right. And, and so you're kind of Titans fans are kind of faced with an uphill battle with filling out Nissan stadium. So I agree with you in the sense that it's not necessarily a bad thing for the Titans football team. Yes, it sucks for fans because it would be awesome. And obviously like we wait all year for football season and to say like one of the eight games we can't go to that sucks. It does. But it, from a, a sheer per football perspective, this actually kind of plays into the Titans, uh, Titans, um, favor. Yeah. It's a bad thing that this is a bad thing for the Titans. Right. So yeah, the, they can't, the problem is they, their home field advantage. Look like with, with, with an empty stadium, it doesn't hurt the Titans as bad. We just talked about that, but that doesn't, isn't that terrible that the Titans have such a weak home field advantage that they stand to benefit, you, you know, in the top, top t- one of the top 10, if not top five teams in the NFL, just because of a virtually non-existent home field advantage. I think that's unfortunate. And I, while I do think that that will change, it's, it just sucks right now because you look up North to Indianapolis and that's a yeah. direct, direct competitor of the Titans. They pack that dome. They pack Lucas oil every Sunday that they're home. Um, but yeah, I mean, so let the let, you got to play the ball as it lies, as they say in Happy Gilmore. And the, the NFL is faced with a situation where no fans will likely be in the buildings for the first few weeks. Um, Titans got to take advantage because yeah, it's, in road road games are so huge. You got to steal as many road games as possible. And you know what? One of the loudest stadiums in the NFL is it's up in Denver, where they're going to be Week One. So yeah, that could have a lot to do uh, with with how that game kind of kind of plays out. Right, and the Chiefs already announced for their home opener they're going 22% capacity. Now, you have to take in mind, there are pockets of this country where COVID has not affected them as bad as other um, cities. And no matter where you lie on what you think personally about COVID, uh, you know, if it's deadly or, you know, what the death rate is or if it, you know, it, it's still a virus and it still affects many people uh, and gets a lot of people sick and it it can kill you and it's way more contagious than most viruses. So you uh, like, I respect the decision to, to do, to do this. I don't like it. I I don't, you know, I think it sucks. And I think that I, I think it, I think it sucks. I mean, how much were we talking about back in March about, or not even March, uh, like May we were talking about, Hey, you know, wear a mask, like, like don't, I want to see football season. And now it's, it's not in jeopardy. The football season is going to be played. They're professionals. They can pay them. They can make sure that they get out there and they, they take all the safety precautions. But the fact that fans being in stands, that's now in jeopardy because this, this virus is still around. And so hopefully we can mitigate it. Hopefully it doesn't rise back up as the football season goes deeper into the season. And hopefully it doesn't, you know, we don't, we don't get, you know, it, it, God forbid if a football season gets canceled or postponed once it already starts, that would be a logistical nightmare. But, um, but yeah, the Titans, the Titans hit a perfect storm of they, their worst years came during Nashville's best years. And so now most NFL fans in Nashville aren't Titans fans. They're fans of wherever they moved from. And, and that, that just sucks. But Hopefully Titans can combat that and can hopefully start to 
turn the tide and convert some of those casual fans that uh, those transplants that moved to Nashville, those casual NFL fans, flip them into Titans fans with the six. And that only comes with success. That only comes with winning. And hopefully last year played a big role on that. Um, I just want to read this quickly from our actual uncle, Jim Wyatt. He says, because of the coronavirus pandemic, it is becoming increasingly liking that likely that NFL teams will play home games with a reduced capacity during the 2020 season. The exact number or percentage will be determined at a later date. Nissan Stadium seats approximately 69,000, nice, nice, 143 fans. In a in recent weeks, the organization has examined ways to implement enhanced safety measures to ensure a safe return for fans. By reducing seating capacity, seats will be spread out within the sections to increase space between fans. The organization will also have increased sanitation measures that will help prepare the stadium for fans to return this fall. You know what? You know what I want to do for the first few games where the Titans may not have any percentage of fans allowed in. I saw this on Twitter. I forget who tweeted it. If I'm sorry, whoever tweeted this, I don't. I can't give you credit because I forgot who you were. Um, <laughs> Sixty-nine thousand cutouts of Matt Neely for the Jags game. Oh, what do you think about sick. that? 69,000 oh, for the boy against the Jags, his most hated team. I think that would be awesome. And I think the Titans that would win by 69 that game. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would be all for that. If there's like some sort of Kickstarter or GoFundMe or something to get something like that done, I think that would be great. That would I be. would be. If anybody be so, listener I, wants to start it, have at it. We'll chip in. I hope the Titans do do something like that. I just said do-do. Uh, for the first game of the season, because like, if there are no fans, I hope they do like a cardboard cutout or some sort of virtual something, because I I think that would be great. And I feel like the Titans are good at that kind of stuff. They're good at, they're, they're good at getting, you know, kind of fans involved in, in any way that they possibly can. Um, but yeah. And did you see, speaking of taking safety precautions and sanitation measures around the stadium, uh, Nissan stadium, they finally got rid of those old banners that hung on the outside of the stadiums, the old, uh, with the old players on yeah. them. And, uh, so, so who would you, since they got to put new ones up, they have, they're going to have to put four new ones up, which four players on the Titans would you want to put up there? Uh, I mean, what would I put up there? Yeah. Just four Brett Kearns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's Just, yeah. Nice his answer. What one of each of his leg on either side of the stadium? <laughs> um, I would have to go. No. With, I would do like Brett Kern, Kevin Byard, Derrick Henry. Brett Kern, Kevin Byard, Derrick Henry, and give me an AJ. I feel like you got it. Ooh, okay. I would do. I would do the same. Uh, jokingly, I I would. I wouldn't actually do Brett Kern. I would just because I I think we should rename the stadium Brett Kern. Um, he deserves some, Not something even Brett Kern stadium, just Brett Kern. You're coming to the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Brett Kern this week. Um, the, um, I don't think, I think, yeah, I think he deserves something way better than just his picture on the outside of the stadium. But I would say Derek Henry, Kevin Byard. Um, I like the idea of AJ Brown, even though he's only given us one year, um, of, uh, it was a great year, but it's, it's only, he's, this is only his second season. Um, uh, but I also think you do need to put Ryan Tannehill on there because, and just for optics reasons, because guy throwing the ball, it's a nice, it's a, it's a better picture. Well, yes, that, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, we're handing it off to Derek Henry on the other side <laughs> of the stadium that, um, because I think in the NFL, if your quarterback's not sellable, 
And if your quarterback isn't a quote unquote face of the franchise, you're not a good team. Like you're not. And, and I, I feel like the Titans, whether you agree with it or not, I think they, they need to make, they need to start pushing Ryan Tannehill as the face of this franchise, because um, that one, that instills confidence in him, but two, it also instills confidence in the players around him and the, and the fan base that look, this is our guy. This is our guy that we're rolling with. And, and, Let's get it. So um, I do disagree with you a little bit just because, I mean, Ryan Tannehill is a Dolphin more than he is a Titan. You know, he spent more time with the oh, Dolphins. You watch your words. But, you but watch your words, started, Jack Gentry. He, he didn't even start a full season last year. So maybe for the, just this season, you uh, maybe, maybe just leave McNair up there or something until Ooh. Tannehill. Oh, can, you, oh okay. Can, can, you know, string a couple good seasons together and, you know, people start relating, you know, Ryan Tannehill in – the Tennessee Titans until those become synonymous, which I mean, when people think of the Tennessee Titans, I'm glad that they don't think of Ryan Tannehill as the poster child or the face of the franchise, because the Titans have, haven't been an aerial offense um, in years, in, in, in decades. Uh, so, so yeah, Derrick Henry is the face of the franchise. I think the, the defense as a whole is starting to become um, so, something the NFL is, is really taking notice to. But with Ryan Tannehill, I, his time is coming. His time will come. I mean, if if he even had close to the season he had last season, his his poster will be up very soon. That's a fair rebuttal. And, of course, anything Steve McNair related, you know I'm 100% all in. If they wanted to, you know, if they wanted to put four Steve McNairs up around the stadium, I'd be, I'd be all for it. Um, I will pose as a live Steve McNair replica if need be. I know there's a lot of, a lot of uh, makeup and – in, in, in body body transformations that need to be done for that to for that to happen but i'm willing yeah. to do it uh but i but as a rebuttal to your rebuttal ryan Tannehill, uh infinite number of playoff wins more playoff wins and starts with the titans than he had with the dolphins uh, but i'm glad we're bringing up the quarterback talk because if you listen to to this podcast you know that to us, the most important position outside of Brett Kern and his golden leg is the backup quarterback. We've said it all off season and it's, it's, it's the position that has literally made or, or, or broken a season for the Titans over the last two years. One year it, it got them booted in week 17 in a game that they probably should have won to get into the playoffs. And the next year it, literally turn their season around that one position backup quarterback. And currently the Titans have Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald's, which when I say those names, Jack and I are like, like ducks on a pond when it comes to heading into the 2020 season, like sure we may look calm, but underneath the water, our legs are kicking a mile a minute. And we're like, we've got the, just the loudest internal scream in probably the entire NFL when, when our backup quarterback position comes out, like, Oh no, 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 we're fine. But internally we're just like, Oh my gosh, what the hell are we going to do? And to me, it didn't help that the Titans literally tweeted out a slow motion video of Logan Woodside getting picked off the other day. No, (laughs) wasn't, wasn't, it it didn't help the old self-esteem there. Uh, Nate Bain and his crew, they do a fantastic job, but it, it, it didn't, um, that that was like a it kind of stung a little bit. I would much rather see a touchdown pass thrown from Logan Woodside than anyone from uh, any defensive back picking off Logan Woodside. But um, you can I, you can officially put all of those worries to bed because 
we've got two guys who have come in for workouts for the Titans. That's right. That are going to end all concern. <laughs> Trevor Simeon and Deshaun Kaiser. That's right. You heard that right. Please, please hold your applause. <laughs> so it's funny to me because Deshaun Kaiser spent time in Green Bay with uh, with Aaron Rodgers, um, most recently in 2018. I don't think he. I don't think he cracked the field last season, but in 2017, his, his rookie year, Deshaun posted a pretty horrible 0 and 15 record, um, 22 interceptions. Uh, that, that it's just not the way you want to play football in, in, in your rookie season with the, with the Cleveland Browns. It was the Cleveland Browns. Right. Right. Which that, that, and yeah, so that like, that's like the American to Canadian dollar. Like it has to, you have to, you gotta, you have to factor that in. The interceptions are, are weighed differently in Cleveland. Right. The other right. one we have is Trevor Simeon. Now maybe Trevor Simeon. Uh, I remember him a little bit with Denver. He won a, he won a super bowl as Peyton Manning's backup. Um, but what strikes me the most is that if you go on his pro football reference page, it is stated that his nickname is T-Money Sizzle. So oh gosh. T-Money oh, Sizzle. Gosh. <laughs> that, is, that is the most Northwestern nickname of all time. T-Money Sizzle came in and threw six passes for the New York Jets last season, I think before getting hurt. Um, he's got a 13-12 and 12 record overall in his career. So he's, it's better than 0-15. Yeah, that's good. So he's got that. It's better than uh, better than Blaine Gabbert's career record. So in um, Logan Woodside and Cole McDonald have a combined zero wins as NFL starters as well. So I, I think experience is what they're going for. I don't think they're they're going to stick with those three quarterbacks, uh, or I mean those two backups. Um, I, I think Cole McDonald may may hit the door. He's had a shaky camp. He threw two picks the other day to Kenneth Third, and one was returned for a touchdown. His throwing motion has improved, but his accuracy is an issue where these guys kind of have been around an NFL team, understand a playbook. In Trevor Simeon's case, has won a Super Bowl. Granted, he sat on the sidelines the whole season. But um, it's 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 an interesting decision to bring these two specifically in for a tryout. But uh, it, it appears the Titans are, are setting their sights on a veteran backup, or at least a veteran, a veteran guy that can come in and challenge Logan Woodside. Yeah, and... Yeah, the article I read about this didn't use a photo of Trevor Simeon. Like Trevor Simeon's photo was used as the photo for the article, but it, it wasn't you, a photo you, of you him. Team Money Sizzle, right? Sorry. Yes. Correct you mean, me. You mean Team Money Sizzle? Yeah. The article I read used a photo of Team Money Sizzle not throwing a touchdown or even celebrating one. The article used a photo of him getting sacked by the Titans, which. <laughs> great it's like like that <laughs> i and look i'm i'm all for making your headlines clickbaity and making your photos add to that but as a titans fan man that's tough that's tough to be like read an article about how the titans bring in a guy a guy for a workout and they couldn't even find or they, they just didn't even use a photo of the guy. They literally used a photo of him getting sacked by the Titans, um, which is probably something you'd see a lot in practice um, if he does indeed sign. But, yeah, look, do I feel better with a Trevor Simeon or Deshaun? Is it Deshaun or Deshaun? It's spelled Deshaun. Um, 
Uh, you know what? I'm not exactly sure. I think to show. I'll just say I'll just say it fast, just and you know, yeah, so that, yeah, that yeah, way nobody yeah. knows. I, I All right, so am I am I okay with a T money sizzle and a Deshaun Kaiser? Uh, yeah, I would say um, I feel better about those two. Um, from <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel better about those two as Titans backups, but only in the sense that like. We know what they are. Yeah, only in the sense that like Home Alone three was better than Home Alone four. You know, like it's <laughs> it's not it's not a huge upgrade, but it yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. And we do know who they are. Trevor at least has some starts under his belt. I just I I miss the days of last year. You know, we complained so much about Marcus Mariota when he was in two tone blue, but having him on your sidelines was huge, and having him as a backup, which the Raiders now technically do have. That was huge, and I, 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 I would have felt okay if he ever checked into the game. I don't have that right now with the Titans. Um, I don't, I don't feel confident again. Like there were days, even when the Titans sucked, that I felt good about the Titans' backup quarterback. The days of like the Matt Hasselbacks, or even, even the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, like those days, the Kerry Collins and Vince Young days. I felt good about both quarterbacks that they had on the roster. I don't feel that right now, and. I don't know. I'm just nervous. I, I feel like yeah. there's got to be a better free agent option out there. We're in a Rusty Smith scenario right now, aren't we? To where you know that you know who the backup quarterback is, um, but you don't know what the hell he can do. Because Logan, Logan Woodside played at Toledo, where I think it's fair to say 99.9% of Titans fans probably never watched him. Um, and then and then he played in the AAF, where he didn't really thrive all that much. Um I just think that they're bringing in maybe because they like, you know, like what he can do in the film room and whatnot and can, you know, make a pass or two when he needs to. But yeah, the, the Titans right now, I think it's fair to, to slot them at 10 and six, like preseason 10 and six. I know we did 17 and no, but 10 and six is, you know, a reasonable spot to put this team. That's if Ryan Tannehill starts 16 games. That's something that Ryan Tannehill has what never done. Um, so it, when when Logan Woodside comes in, this team turns from ten and six to to what six and ten. Uh, yeah, it's it's unsettling. And Ryan Tannehill's health has been a big question mark in his career, and uh, it's disappointing that the Titans haven't really prepared for the backup quarterback position uh, as as though that you know. I, I, I guess how am I trying to say this? They haven't prepared for the case that Ryan Tannehill were to go were to go down, which you know is something right. that, that history shows us does happen. Yeah. And that's, yeah, and that's not something you can just brush aside. Like, you do have to take in Ryan Tannehill's health history into play because that is, I mean, he hasn't been healthy for, you know, like, he he's missed a lot of time. And if he misses time this season, the Titans need to be prepared for that. I'm going to throw a name out at you, and I want to, I want your just, your instant reaction, just first word that comes to oh, mind. Hell yes, go. And I think, I, I think I may have brought this name up on this podcast before, but Jay Cutler. I, my, my thought has not wavered on. Oh gosh. Oh man. I would take Jay Cutler in a second. Wouldn't you? I would take, yes, I would take Jay Cutler in a, in a millisecond. He's out in some ranch in Leapers Fork. He's one phone call away. I'm sure. Did we ever figure out what happened with his chickens? Yeah. I think it was a Fox or no, no, no. What was it? It, it may have been a Bobcat. It was some small predator. Oh, he kept wow, eating the chicken. He's, he's upgraded his chicken house since. He's also deleted his Instagram. 
Oh, that okay. Now that's the worst news of the offseason yeah. right there. Forget not having fans in the stands week one. Jay Cutler deleting his Instagram that his wife initially set up that she controlled. And then in the divorce, I guess he got the Instagram account. <laughs> yeah. He really lost <laughs> And he actually now. maintained it for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, um, yeah, he's gone now. I think I think it was the the, the reasoning behind it was Kristen Cavallari posted a uh a, a strange pick shortly after a divorce with an ex-boyfriend from like 2004 she she's weird she's obviously Ugh. a bit toxic for my mans man uh yeah but what so, name? Okay. So, name let's throw the name all right so the name i'm gonna throw your way and again i want instant reaction i want your the first word that comes to mind okay for the titans backup quarterback position blake bortles do it Two words. Do it. Do That's it. two words. But I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Uh, so you're on board. Yeah. I'll, I'll look. I'll, I'll ride the boat to, you know, to to maybe a one one or two games. Hopefully, that's all he'll have to start. Um, he, he, he took a team to AFC West uh, right? AFC Championship game as well. I mean, granted, he, his defense was the best in the league, but still, he probably also probably lost in that game. But that's neither here nor there. He he's capable, definitely from from a backup standpoint. I think he makes this team instantly better if he, yeah. if he were to sign with them. He's out there, man. And I, I just, I, I don't understand why that isn't a name. He's familiar with the division. He's a, uh, he's a guy who's had success in the division. And he's sure as hell better than Deshaun Kaiser and Trevor T T money sizzle. You know? Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Let's just call him T money Kaiser. Just, let's just put them both together. Okay, let's just package one them as one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He is better than T Money Kaiser. Even if you combined their stats, he is he's better than, in my opinion. So I I don't know. I just and it, I joked earlier in the offseason about them bringing in Cam Newton when he was still available. But it is one of those things where it's like you see the Saints and they they go out and they get Jameis Winston. Um, who was it that got uh, Teddy Brid- Bridgewater? Well, Teddy Bridgewater um, went to the to the Panthers. Or I guess he went to the Panthers. Yeah, so he'll he'll probably start. Um, but like I, I just I don't know. I, I there are better options out there that have had more success than both of these guys. So why not bring them in for at very least a workout? And it's what, the same conversation we had about the kickers. Yes, and what Blake Bortles does, he's not a threat to Tannehill's job by any means. He's not a guy Tannehill has to constantly look over his shoulder and make sure he's not you know showing out in practice or whatever. Um, so so Tannehill can feel comfortable with his job security if his contract didn't already kind of insinuate that to him. Um, but no, Blake Bortles is the perfect re- relief pitcher for this Titans team. I, I agree with you. I love that. It's a great idea. I think he'd be cheap. When you look around the league, you see Cam Newton only getting a couple million dollars. You see Blake, or you see Jameis Winston, like you said, having pretty much a quarterback internship in New Orleans where he's getting paid next to nothing to learn from some of the best in the game when it comes to Sean Wisenhunt's offense and Drew Brees playing the quarterback position. Yeah. No, you're right. So, yeah, so Titans. Uh, the only problem in New Orleans, there's a few more crab legs than there were in Tampa Bay. That is true. That is true. And with his LASIK, he's going to be able to see oh, just yeah. how much those prices are. 2020 supermarket vision. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna just grab them and go. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, And John Robinson, we know you listen to this podcast just based off of your Wednesday news dumps and for actually listening to the subliminal messages we sent to you about signing Derrick Henry before the deadline. So hear us again, Blake Bortles, just give him a shot, bring him in. 
and just just give him a shot. Okay, the we, we want to see. I want to see Blake Bortles in two tone blue, in his uh in his new era sideline cap for sixteen games this season, backing up Ryan Tannehill. Let's I would do feel it. So, um, so comfortable. Oh my gosh, you just you just. I, I would feel, uh, yeah, it would, I would breathe a the sigh of relief big enough to, uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, some like a heavy wind. I don't know. I can't come a up heavy with heavy wind. Right now. You would, you would. <laughs> that was awful. I don't know what to... I don't know what I was trying to say, but it, I would just just know my sigh of relief would be large. It would and... be able to create a wind strong enough to push a Cairo Santos field goal through the uprights. Right. Yes. 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 And you know how how strong a wind needs to be oh, to do that. How do I ever? Oh yeah. <laughs> so Corey, uh, speaking of from from quarterbacks to pass catchers, Corey Davis, the guy. I, goodness, man. I we we spend so much time talking about Corey Davis, um, and I I like Corey Davis, and I want to see him succeed. I I and I know a lot of Titans fans take a lot of frustration out on Corey Davis because he was picked what fifth overall. And, um, he has not necessarily put up fifth overall numbers yet. I say yet, cause he's still has one more year on his deal and I'd be okay if he put up fifth year, fifth, fifth overall pick, um, numbers this season, but he's off the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. He's back to practicing. And, um, I, I think he, he feels healthy. Am I, am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, so Tuesday he was he was available for the media over the Titans Zoom press conferences and and they asked him, you know, how he was feeling. He said good, his toe his toes not a problem anymore. When they asked him yeah. if it affected his season last year, he declined to comment. He's looking ahead, not not backwards. Um, I like that. I like that about him. I yeah. like that outlook. And you know, if you're Corey Davis and you make an excuse there, then then you're gonna have the fans all over you, the media's gonna think you're a little soft, which I mean is sure. is reasonable. Um, it, it's a, it's almost a lose lose. So I like that he's just like, look, let's the past is the past. It it wasn't great, and I'm not looking to dwell on it. Let's move yeah. ahead. And they mentioned it's a contract year, and they tried to get him to talk about that. Where of course Corey Davis isn't going to talk about that. That's that's more of a distraction than anything. Than and they probably actually yeah. hit him with uh, talk about that. Yeah, as that's not a question, journalists. Okay, <laughs> come up with an actual question that he has, like an open, not an open ended question come up with a pointed question that he has to answer in one way or the other. Yeah. That's how you get good answers. And, anyway, sorry. And he, go and on. He, he wouldn't really go very in depth about the contract situation, but it's clear. It's clear that Corey Davis more likely than not will not be back with the Titans next season because one, he could have, a, he could have another eh, year like he's had, uh, you know, very dull 500, 600 yards receiving, um, not worth the money type of type of deal. And the Titans would be moving on, you know, maybe through the draft um, or, he could have an a thousand yard season, you know, seven, eight, nine touchdowns, uh, and then the Titans would really question themselves after the first three years. Say, huh, is this the Corey Davis that's gonna, yeah, be, right. you know, that's gonna be there next year? Because you really don't know. And I think some teams in the NFL are so desperate for for receivers that he would get overpaid, and someone else would kind of drag him out of Nashville, which I don't think the Titans would show a lot of resistance to it in in, in letting happen. So yeah, Corey, da- it, look. I want the best for Corey Davis this season. I want him to, you know, Titans fans are caught. Do you want Corey Davis on your team next year? It doesn't matter. You want him to produce this year. And, right. you, you know, look, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and all those guys in the front office are paid to make tough decisions and tough roster moves. Let let them handle that. Let's just, you know, if Corey Davis can have a good season, I, I, and I 
kind of qualify a good season with Corey Davis's five touchdowns, say 850, 900 yards. If they can get that yeah. out of Corey Davis, I think this team could really go somewhere on offense. Which outside of AJ Brown, that's a good receiver. I mean, good good year for any Titans receiver exactly. over the past exactly. two decades. So yeah, I would gladly take that out of Corey Davis. Um, it's it it Corey Davis to me is he's a wide receiver version of Marcus Mariota. I I I will always root for him. Um, I, I, I root for him now. I want him to do really well. Obviously he's still in two-tone blue. I, is he frustrating at times? Sure. Of course. Yes, he is. And, but I do want him to do extremely well. And just like I will, just like I did with Marcus Mariota. And I, I, I get the same feelings around Corey Davis as I did when Marcus Mariota was a Titan. He doesn't always live up to the expectations, but I do think that there can be those times. And he he hasn't really Corey hasn't really shown the flashes like Marcus Mariota did. Because I mean, and I'm it wasn't even flashes, Marcus Mariota. Marcus was there were times where he was phenomenal, where he was great. He led come from behind victories. He, those, he did awesome. He had those flash moments, you know. Uh right. those real spark plays. Right. I'm talking more the latter years of Marcus Mariota, more specifically last year with Marcus Mariota, where from week to week, you didn't know what you were going to get. It's the same thing with Corey Davis. I hope he does well. I hope he gets healthy. Um, I think, and, and again, not to go too wild scenarios with you here, Jack, but what would you think? Say he goes off the first six weeks of the season and just has, is putting up, great numbers. What, what if the Titans went major league baseball trade with it to where before the trade deadline, he racks up great numbers and great yards and they flip him before the trade deadline to where they can actually get something out of him as opposed to letting him walk at free agency. It's a good question. The problem is with with the Titans the way they're currently constructed, they don't have they they don't have another you know big play receiver like that outside of AJ Brown and not that Corey Davis is a you know a crazy elite big play receiver, but you have Adam Humphreys and Khalif Raymond. Both are pretty small. They're both quick. They're not big. They can't they can't you know hold their own on the outside as much. Um, so so that would be something that they would have to address through free agency. I don't know if a team would be willing to do wide receiver for wide receiver. As you know, most of the midseason trades are kind of boring, and you know, or second, third round draft pick for this guy. I mean, we, we saw Minka Fitzpatrick get dealt for a handful of first rounders last season, which is rare. Um, I think you hold on to Corey Davis. I think you do. If, if he if he has a really strong first six weeks of the season, I don't see any reason to get rid of him. I understand the selling high point that, that you're making, but if you finally luck into some Corey Davis production, this team's ceiling gets raised you know a few feet so i think you have to ride it out and let that let that play out as, as you know as it was because you you may have a, a flash in the pan season from Corey davis where um I, I don't like selling high on Corey davis just because if you have two wide receivers who are helping out Tannehill, then that's look that's double what you had last year and then you get production out of the tight end position you get johnny smith going you know, you, yeah. Adam Humphreys is healthy for the season. You can move the chains with him the whole season long. 
uh, and he can be your safety blanket underneath. Derrick Henry's producing out of the backfield. Darrington Evans comes in to provide. That's a full offense. That's a that's a working offense that the Titans haven't had in maybe ever. So I I, I don't think you sell high midseason on Corey Davis if he produces the first six weeks. Yeah. No. And and I I agree with you. I to me I'm just. Corey Davis is like a, a banana that's gone brown. I'm just trying to get, you know, like a, a good like banana bread recipe out of him or something, you know, like still like turn him into something Use good before, he get, before he's really expired. Right. Before like the mold starts growing on him, uh-huh. you know, like I just something give me something good out of Corey Davis. And, but you do bring up a, a great counterpoint to it because it is something to where it's like, yeah, it's like who, if if Corey Davis bounces and they don't get a wide receiver in return or, you know, say they get draft picks or something, who's going to fill that, that role for the back half of the season. Um, and I don't think it would be Khalif Raymond who on a side note, no man, is it just me or are people overly excited for Khalif Raymond online and just all around Titans camp? Titans fans are in a Khalif Raymond frenzy right now. Anything that Khalif Raymond does, Titans fans freak out. He had 10 catches last season. Look, he's an exciting player with maybe some potential to be unlocked, but 10 catches last season. We can't freak out just because he walks out of the the locker room with two socks on. Counterpoint, Jack. 10 (laughs) catches, but 10% of those catches was one of the biggest catches in the Titans season, dude. You can't – you can't negate the fact that Khalif Raymond has one of the best catches in Titans football history, dude. <laughs> of course we're going to hype True. Khalif Raymond. But but it's like Khalif Raymond's in the locker room and he remembers his Netflix password in Titans oh! Twitter. <laughs> you know, you, you got to figure out when, you know, is, is a proper time to hype Khalif Raymond and when is just an like average walk in the walk in the park, you know, life activity. Khalif Raymond pulled up to a parking meter and there was still time left on it, dude. Oh, and- oh, <laughs> oh Khalif. Khalif. No, Khalif, Khalif Raymond walked out of his house and before he got in his car. No, that's a bad one. That's a good one. No, no, there's no <laughs> bad ones with Khalif Raymond. You finished that sentence. Khalif Raymond thought he'd forgot his keys, but he reached in his pocket and his keys were there. Oh, oh, he, didn't have, he didn't even have to go back inside. <laughs> Khalif Raymond, Khalif Raymond, the other day, he poured himself a bowl of granola and instead of uh, mixing it with, with yogurt like most people did, he went almond milk. Almond milk. free Khalif. No, but it is things like that that get Titans Twitter unnecessarily riled up over Khalif Raymond. He, he, he'll make he'll make a, a nice catch in practice, and Titans fans, are, oh my goodness, like you know, he could be this team's number two. No, he's never he's never going to be this team's number two. I'm sorry, he's just not. I I love Khalif Raymond. He's really he, he's a fun player to watch because he, he you know his routes are beautiful and he's he's so quick. You know, there's, there's his stats- routes are beautiful. His <laughs> fastman is quick, and Khalif Raymond has both of those, but he's super quick. Um, Look, Khalif Raymond's a receiver, a wide receiver number four. That's what he is. Um, maybe somewhere else, he'll, he'll maybe somehow, some way, he finds himself as a wide receiver three on a team. But if you have Khalif Raymond as your wide receiver three, 
you don't have good receivers. And that's not a knock on Khalif Raymond. It's 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 just that Khalif, Khalif Raymond can't can't isn't supposed to be that big play wide receiver for your team. He's he he's a guy who who can maybe return a kick or a punt every now and then and maybe catch a screen pass in a game where you're up 21 points. But he's not supposed to be that guy who every single week has six catches for 60 yards. I mean, you know, that's not Khalif Raymond. That's not who if the Titans want to have a successful season on offense, that's not a guy that the Titans should depend on. Uh, a to D on this one. Agree to disagree. Khalif Raymond has enough Kroger points built up to where he got 40 cents off per gallon. He said the I mean, it's, it's just every day. And no one hates it more than Buck Rising. I'll tell you that much. Buck literally texted me today complaining about Khalif Raymond and, and how people just continue continue to prop him up and hype him up. Okay, well, with that intel, I I think this I think we now hype up everything that Khalif Raymond does. Okay, well, I'm down if, to do that. That will be fun. If he's in if he's in the background of a highlight video from camp, we are hyping up that video. Like <laughs> anything, Khalif Raymond. If Khalif Raymond during like a a rest period during training camp sits on his helmet, uh, we are hyping that up. Big time. Anything and everything. If Khalif Raymond gets out of his car before walking into the facility, send it to us. We, you know, that's a move that could change the franchise. Khalif Raymond pays for a bag of Lay's potato chips in the vending machine, but the machine keeps spinning, and he ends up getting two bags for the price of one. <laughs> He's a penny pitcher. <laughs> I oh, love. I'm, I'm all in. I'm actually. You know what? I I was against it when we went into this take, but now I'm. I've, I've completely flipped. And I, you know, it takes a big man to admit when he was wrong. I was wrong about the Khalif Raymond hype. I'm so in on Khalif Raymond hype. I, I anyone that anyone that hypes Khalif Raymond on Twitter, we need to retweet him. I can't wait for Khalif Raymond to just have like five game winning touchdown catches, and we just look like complete assholes. You know, <laughs> I'm completely okay with that too. I hope that happens. Oh yes, uh, look, look for me. And and I I agree. Like, I fully agree with like every, we love Khalif Raymond. We do, but we're also self aware to the fact we know wh- what Khalif Raymond is. Yes, <laughs> you know the one catch against the Ravens in the divisional round of the playoffs did not alter our opinion or or really alter Khalif Raymond himself as or his role on this team. I think uh, yeah, we we need to we need to take it with a grain of salt everything he does. We're better well, than this guys. We are better than Yeah, but, yeah, but it, then but again we're, we're not. not I, I'm all, yeah, we're not better than it. I'm so let's just hype everything Khalif Raymond does from here on out. Khalif Raymond hype train, we are your conductors. Yes, choo-choo. Get on board, folks. We're taking tickets. The uh, Before we get to remember the Titan, the new Monday Night Football crew was announced, and they're making their debut for Titans-Broncos on Monday Night Football this season. And the, the new crew is Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. And I know the easy cliche take is to rip on whoever is the new Monday Night Football crew. It's... And that's just part of internet culture. People just love to hate on things. To me, I actually kind of like this crew. I'm, I, I will admit I'm going to miss Steve Levy and Brian Greasy on the 11 a.m. Big Ten games every Saturday. But then again, we're not even going to get 11 a.m. Big Ten games this year. So 
I'm okay with them making the jump to the Monday Night Football booth, which back in the day, the Monday Night Football booth used to be the most revered position in all of broadcasting. But it's not that anymore. It, they, you know, it, it's if you don't like this crew, it it's kind of like it's kind of like that old saying, especially in in Nashville on the plateau, where they say if you don't like the weather, just wait five minutes. If you don't like the Monday Night Football crew, just wait five minutes because it will probably change next year it's a revolving or the year after that. It is yeah. constantly no changing. Right. I Part of me just hopes Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick do well just so we can have some consistency when it comes to Monday Night Football. Let's bring some shine back to that position because, I don't know, I, I Monday Night Football used to mean something. And, it, and then it started a couple years ago where ESPN was just terrible at picking games. They, 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 they did not account for the rosters that the teams were like, if the teams were going to be they, good. They so they in markets rather than rosters and, you know, talent. Sure. Right. And, and so then late in the year, you get these games between like a two and 14 jets team against a, you, you know, a six and 10, uh, giants team, you and know, you can't pull a national audience, you know, you can only pull the local teams just because, okay, it is the jets and it is, you know, so say, uh, the Cowboys who are struggling or the Giants, Jets Giants yeah. and it's late in the season and they both have like three, four wins. No one wants to watch that outside of New York. You got to pull in the national audience. No. And that's something they've been so bad at right. doing. And I am glad that the, this football crew or the MNF crew changed because I think we can all agree that Booger McFarland, Jason Witten, Joe Testor was the worst it can ever get. It, we've seen the bottom, guys. We've seen uh, the basement of what what the Monday Night Football crew could be, and it's only up from here, right? It only gets better from here. Brian Greasy, I honestly haven't seen him work that much. I know Steve Levy. Steve Levy's an entertaining personality. I loved him on Sports Center, um, and Lewis Riddick is super knowledgeable. Brings a front office aspect to uh, or per- perspective to the booth. I think he's going to be great. Brian Greasy's the only question mark. I just hope that they pull me in. I haven't been like pulled into a Monday Night Football broadcast since Mike Tirico, the goat, and John Gruden, the yes. other goat. You know, those two were my favorite, and I, I, that yeah. was entertaining for me. I want to watch, you know, I want to be entertained while I watch a sport that I enjoy and a sport that I love. And it sucks because while I am watching football, the sport that I love, I am having to listen to Booger McFarland say. Uh, it's it's third and three. That means they've gained seven yards this series. You know, I, I look. <laughs> it, it got funny to make fun of him, but only because that was the only way we could have fun on Monday Night Football. Well, you're right. You're not wrong. You are not wrong. Yeah, and yeah, I love Joe Testor, but he was kind of put in a unwinnable situation with Jason Witten and Booger McFarland. First of all, the fact that they just gave Jason Witten a mic, and I know I'm sure a lot of Tennessee Vols fans listen to this and love Jason Witten. Jason Witten sucks behind a mic, Tennessee Vols fans. Get over it. As a <laughs> as a football player, he was awesome. Jason Witten was great. As a as a broadcaster, he was not. And the fact that they just threw him into one of the most revered spots, that, that's what kind of brought the level of that job down when they just gave it to Jason Witten just because, Oh, well, he's a great player and respected around the league. You have to Let's earn that make him a broadcaster. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that should be what it is. But ESPN has made such a mockery of this, this role that it's like, no one has respect for it. No one has respect for Monday night football anymore. 
for the from the the scheduling to the broadcast booth. There's nothing that draws you in. It, I, they even took away Hank Williams there for a little bit. <laughs> luckily, luckily they were able to get that back. You know, to at least bring some uh, some uh, tradition to the uh, to the program. But yeah, the Booger McFarland and the I, I like Booger McFarland as I loved him as an SEC Network studio analyst because I thought he was great in the booth. It didn't really resonate. He obviously looked great uh, compared to Jason Witten, but and then the when Booger they brought Mobile was, you know, was yeah, right. evolutionary. But then when they, they put him in the booth and took Jason Witten away, he kind of got exposed a little bit. So with Steve Levy though, I, I agree with you. I think he's, I think he's incredibly entertaining, uh, but I'm going to ask, are we sure we want to put Steve Levy on the Monday night football broadcast? And the reason I say that is because Steve Levy used to commentate the XFL. Rest in peace. I'll give you a moment to pour out a little bit of your drink for them. He also used to commentate the 11 a.m. Big Ten games. Again, rest in peace, rest Big in Ten. Peace. <laughs> pour, pour one out. Your drink and is now, now, right, and as we said, Monday Night Football is already kind of on its last leg. It's a dying breed, like, Sunday night football is the new Monday night football. That's what I was going to say. It doesn't help that Sunday night football is it's leaps and bounds better of a production yes. than Monday night football and ever has been. They do they do have the benefit to they do have the benefit of flexing games, but even just from a production standpoint, it's better. They don't do those random wacky cartoon generated Pixar videos of like you know, I remember when the Titans were on Monday night football against the Cowboys and they did this graphic of Marcus Mariota on a surfboard. Uh, and talking about all the different offensive coordinators he's gone through in his career. And it was, it was this computer animated guy jumping on a surfboard and a bucket, someone throwing a bucket of like plastic sharks at him. Jesus Christ. Give me a and break. like, and it, it, like I get it. Like the, the randomness of like the old spice commercials kind of plays in today's age. Like people find that amusing, but we don't need that in our football podcast. No. Like that's so it was so dumb and it's so stupid. And I, I don't like, I just don't like Monday night football broadcast. So maybe it is a good thing that Stevie Levy has been brought on. Cause maybe he'll kill off Monday night. Football. Another spot where we can get to remember the Titan in a second, but where ESPN really floundered was letting Mike Tirico walk to NBC. Yes. What a poor choice that was, you know, uh, it, it's was like great. when they let, when they let the, well, they didn't bring back NHL, you know, I, that was more on NHL's part, but, yeah, yeah, and ESPN has just made some decisions. Deschitzins, dis, dis, oh, I've been deschitzins. De, yes, thank you. They've made some really poor deschitzins over the years, and that is definitely one of them. <laughs> um, that was a, that was a strong Monday Night Football conversation we just had. I did not Beyond think Monday, that was probably, that conversation about Monday Night Football will be more entertaining than any Monday Night Football game this year. <laughs> Aside from week one, go Titans. Uh, the Let's get to remember the Titan. This is a segment every week. You guys know what it is, if you know. If you don't know what it is, that means this is your first time listening. Go ahead and hit subscribe and leave us a rating and a review on this podcast feed. Um, but remember the Titan. It's our game where we just pick a Titan from years past and just be like, hey, remember that guy? <laughs> it's fun. It's it's, fun it's, it's literally, it's literally just a, sometimes they're good a bar memories, game. Sometimes they're very bad. 
Agreed. Agreed. Sometimes they lead us down a dark hole where we talk about Kenny Britt's rap sheet for 30 minutes in the podcast. You never know where we remember the time to take us, but drive drunk with that on said, a basis. Right. Jack, who you who you got for remember the Titan this week? I'm going 2000 and early 2000 Titan. Um Lamont Thompson, safety out of Washington State. Second round pick by the Bengals actually. Um but before he he made his arrival in in Nashville. Uh Lamont played from 2003 to 2006 with the Titans. Uh 2002 is when he was drafted, but he had a knee injury in Cincinnati that they decided to hey Get out of town. We're, we're done with you and your knee. Uh, and the Titans picked him up, and he gave them four solid years. Was a full-time starter for three of those seasons, 04 through 06. Uh, he, he was known for his abilities, his ball skills in college at Washington State as being one of the biggest uh, air thieves in Pac-12 history. But he, he only finished with nine career picks in his in his short tenure in the NFL. Um and just what is it? Just what do we have here? Eight with the Titans, which is solid. We just, we just saw you know you get production like that out of a guy who's only around for four years. I think you take it. Um, but yeah, Lamont Thompson, great dreadlocks, um, a, 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 a strong dreadlock look, um, and that's what you want out of at least one of your DBs, unless it's uh, what do you say, BW Webb? You know those those right. those are the case. This is the rare case where strong dreadlocks do not perform in the defensive backfield. Yeah. Or uh, Michael Griffin, depending on the week. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but the better, probably a better Bengals pickup for the Titans than Carl Pickens was. Yeah. So at least they were able to squeeze more juice out of that lemon than they were with, with old CP back in the day. Um, that's a good one. Lamont is a fantastic one. And he was always one of those ones where, you know, like, in the early Titans days of my fanhood of really all of our fanhood. Cause it was that long ago, but it was one of those names where it's like Lance Schultz was back there with him. You know, oh, Andre yes. was in the defensive backfield, which is a name that right. fans don't like hearing anymore. Wolf Wolf folk. You have Wolf, to remember Wolf. we, we talked about right. that. We, yeah, you have to really enunciate Wolf, Wolf folk, <laughs> Wolf folk. Um, the, uh, Carl, uh, my, my remember the time this week is Carl Klug. Klug. Um, <laughs> this is a dude. He was a Titans lifer, which I respect. Came out of Iowa, the Hawkeyes, fifth round pick. And I'm not just picking him because I'm a huge fan of alliteration. Um, I'm really picking him because, as you guys know, I've, I've brought this up a few times on the podcast. My the most recent edition of Madden I have is Madden 18, which accounts for the 2017 season. That was Carl Klug's last year with the Titans. And like uh Kevin Dodd, you know, like I have a soft spot in my heart for Kevin Dodd, unlike most Titans fans, because he performed so well on my Madden franchise. <laughs> my Madden 18 franchise he's so good in that game and so i give him i actually give him a little bit of respect for that carl klug's the same way carl klug is just a whole stop stuffer in in madden 18 and he is dominated and and i signed him i signed him back to a new contract i said you know what i need more klug i need more of this in my life because he's a leader and he is he is what jarrell casey was for the titans d-line carl klug has become that on my 
animated simulated season. Um, but yeah, Klug, Klug's the man. 20, I want to say, tw- or when was he drafted? 2011 or 2013 uh, and played to 2017. In 2018, he was hired as a defensive line coach at Page High School. Hey, Franklin listeners, stand up. Yeah, Wilco. Where, where are my Wilcos at? Uh, uh, go go Patriots, I think. is Yeah. The- Page, page, That's the page. only time you'll hear me say go Patriots on this podcast. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it's the last time we hear you refer to Carl Klug as a hole stuffer as well. <laughs> a hole stuffer is that? Is that is that dirty? Should I should I use different I mean, verbiage? This is our this is our WAF episode anyway, so anything goes here. <laughs> <laughs> he is Klug is the biggest hole stuffer in the world. Uh, he he will stuff those holes better than Earl Thomas could ever imagine. Yeah, he previously volunteered at Page High School during his playing career, which that's news to me. Oh, he wasn't I, as focused as I would hope he would be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And second thought, maybe I don't appreciate Carl. Like, what the heck, dude? Are you not all in with the Titans? You have to help out a a random uh, what uh, uh, five or four A high school in in Williamson County? Yeah, I don't even know if they're four. They might be five A now. I don't know. But no one knows. Page, shout out Page High School. Page is the redheaded stepchild of Wilco, anyways. <laughs> oh, whoa shots fired sorry to any page listeners <laughs> yeah no look that that jack gentry you can find him on uh twitter at jack a gentry to fuel all hate that's right i look i went to brentwood high school so i'm another wilconian god bless and go bruins but i will not i will not i will not besmirch the name of page high school that's mainly because i will mainly because merch. Mainly because we kicked their ass whenever we played them in football, and it was awesome. I I knew I was I was going to get a good chunk of rushing yards whenever we played Page High School. Uh, but so yeah, so shout out Page High School, shout out Carl Klug, my remember the Titan this week. Um, that's a good one. I like Carl Klug. He was he was kind of what da- what you always wanted David Ball to be. You know, uh-huh, that's a great take. You know, you had, that is a great you had take. Ball, all you wanted to hear from Mike Keith was. Uh, ball sack. Uh, oh, I wanted ball sack back. so bad out of my key's mouth. And and now, <laughs> what? <laughs> and and now you, you hear Carl Klug is the whole stuffer. So this this is uh, uh, our what do you call it? TVMA episode. Oh my gosh! I, I didn't. I I didn't mean it. I did not mean to say that. You're in a anyway, you're in a dirty your mind's in a I am dirty. yeah this is uh, we are off the rails this podcast is completely your and wife, more off the rails than we normally podcast yeah yeah right <laughs> I look this podcast is normally off the rails like not I in fact I don't even think we've ever been on the rails but no, this that we are we are going in places we have never been before just at the end of the show so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up guys <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> follow this show on Twitter. If, if that wasn't as good enough of a plug or an advertisement for our Twitter account, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at tighten up pod. Follow us on Instagram at tighten up podcast. You can hit up Jack, Jack, a gentry on Twitter. I am at Austin Huff on Twitter and make sure you follow a to Z sports at a to Z sports on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all of the social medias that you can, think of i don't think they're on tiktok yet although i would love to see austin stanley do oh, a so awesome do some sort of you know um i don't know what the 
and oh no, one of those like Taylor Swift remix dances, you know, where you push the camera away. Oh, I'm I would in love for that. See. I'm in for that. Yeah, big time. He looks like give me Austin TikToker. Stanley doing one of those. Yeah, An adult TikToker. That's what he looks like. Right, and then Zach Bingham comes in when the beat drops, jumps into frame, and starts doing the pelvic thrust. <laughs> anyway, uh, follow follow A to Z Sports on all things. A to Z Sports Nashville.com is the website. Hit them up for all things t- Tennessee sports fan. Uh, related right now, Zach Bingham is doing his uh, blitz in 2001 yes yeah, yeah. season. I think it's 2002. I think he bought the 2002. Oh snap! Okay, oh. so and he's uh, last time I checked, he was undefeated. Is he still undefeated? Are he we- was five and zero last time I saw. I, I don't know if he okay. won against the Jaguars. So look, you you want Titans football? Zach Bingham's giving you Titans football for free. Uh, yeah, almost every day on on Facebook and. Um, just on social. So follow at A to Z sports for that. It's a lot of fun to watch him play. And it's just fun to watch someone play blitz football. That's a great video game. And uh, yeah, I, that's all I've got. Jack, do you got anything for the road? Uh, hang with us guys. We've got some awesome guests lined up coming up soon here. Um, we're really excited to, to share those with you guys. Um, as always hit us up on email, tighten up pod at A to Z sports, Nashville.com. Other than that, um, Khalif Raymond. NFL MVP this season. Let's go. Khalif, we freaking love you! (laughs) All right, uh, with that said, uh, uh, tighten up. Tighten up. They're the Tennessee Titans. They're the Tennessee Titans. They'll keep on fighting all the way.